Welcome to the Enjoy More 30s Family Finance Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to making life more enjoyable for young families by hitting on the financial topics that tend to weigh on us, stress us out, and distract our focus from simply enjoying life. Hello and welcome to the Enjoy More 30s Family Finance Podcast. Today, the episode is the second in the series of Your Money Mindset, and it's called Like Super Gymnast Flexible. So in this episode, we're going to cover what you need to know when it comes to flexibility in regards to personal finance as a young family, and then what you can do to actually achieve it. So when I met my wife, Lauren, we met freshman year of school on the first day. We actually lived right next door to each other at uh, TCNJ. And what I found out about Lauren is that she watched a lot of sports that I did not. She was into kind of what I would refer to, which is not the official title at all, but what I would call kind of artistic sports. So she watched gymnastics, uh, cheerleading, uh, ice skating, things of that nature. And what I found out about those sports was that the way that they judge them, they have a very kind of a unique way about it. There are some categories that have become more determined over time, but a lot of the scoring, or I should say some of the scoring has to eventually wind up in the opinion of somebody. So if you ever watched the Olympics before with these kind of sports, you'll see a lot of countries have slightly different averages and then uh, slightly different numbers for the routine. And then they average them together. They get rid of the low and the high. And and this kind of, you know is how they get out to their score. I had always kind of grown up watching sports like hockey and soccer and football, where basically if you put the the puck in the goal or the ball in the goal more times than the other team. You had more points at the end of the day, then you win the game. If I watched the Olympics, it was hockey, it was soccer or track, you know, you cross the finish line first and you win. And so by watching with Lauren over time, I gained much more of an appreciation for these sports that I wasn't really interested in when I was younger. And more than anything, though, I was really interested in the athletes themselves. Gymnastics in particular I had never really noticed how crazy in shape these people are. I mean, they're waking up at 5 a.m. every day since they're a, you know, a teenager, probably younger than that, training for these Olympic events. And their bodies are, are proof that they do that. So you look at these guys and they're as big as a football player, but they can also do a split and a flip. They can hold them out themselves up in the air in a ring. They can balance that. They, they can do all this really amazing stuff in the air and with their body because they don't just have strength. They also have all of this flexibility that goes around with it. So strength is great, but strength and flexibility means you can do pretty much anything. So what you need to know. Personal finance for your family is actually much the same way, especially for a young family. You have 30 years of changing thoughts, desires, incomes, goals, and everything else. Being able to adapt is really important when it comes to a young family. It's not going to be a straight line for any of us. We may think what we know what we want to do or what our kids are going to do. And then over time that changes and we need to adapt to that. So we need to have a situation that is flexible enough in certain ways to allow us to adjust when things come our way. Being flexible when it comes to personal finance with a young family a lot of the time comes down to where you are saving your money. Now, the two primary places people start saving money into tend to be their 401ks, 
and their 529 plans for their kids. A 401k is retirement-based, 529 plan is education-based. Now, each of these certainly has merit and likely should have some portion of your savings going into them. However, both have significant restrictions that you should be aware of and, and know about when you're putting your money into it. So it's not that you shouldn't have these types of accounts. Many times you should. It's just knowing the restrictions that go along with them because if you know what the restrictions or maybe the deficiencies are, now you know some other things that maybe you need to go into a different direction to help still maintain that flexibility in. 401k accounts, overall, they can be great for saving towards retirement. And when we meet with young clients, we almost always recommend contributing up to any employer match amount. Free money is better than any kind of money out there. And the restriction, though, on it for the account as a whole is pretty significant. There's a 10% penalty, and you also have to pay tax on it regardless of when you take it out. So if you take it out early, there's this 10% penalty. And then if you add on your, your tax rate, you could be paying 35, 40, 45% on any distribution if you're taking it out early. Now, early means younger than 59 and a half based on today's rules. And so that's a, that's a big discouragement for trying to take money out of an account like this. Now, there are certain hardship withdrawals and some plans have 401k loans, but is, it's built to be generally inflexible. The point of this account is to have money for retirement. So they, of course, are trying to make rules that discourage you to take the money out. Whenever you're dealing with any kind of an account, if you stop and think about why this account was created, the government created the 401k type of an account to incentivize you to save more money towards retirement. They don't want to be responsible for your entire retirement, which makes sense. And so they provide an incentive for you to have a, an ability to put money into something and encourage you to have a large chunk of that, as much as possible of that, saved on your own. 529 plans are in a very similar boat. They have that same 10% penalty, and tax will also be due on the gains if it's not used for higher education. So if you put money into a 529 plan, and it grows, and then you use that money for college, there's no tax that you have to pay. But if something changes and now they're not going to college, if you want to take that money out and give it to them, now you're dealing with a situation where there's a 10% penalty and taxes on those gains. This overall means that neither is a great flexible source for changing life's and changing life and goals, a new addition, a roof replacement, losing your job, a vacation home, a wedding fund, retiring early, kind of anything and everything else. It's those two types of accounts that most people use, and you, you probably should have some degree of, are not a great job for handling those variable kind of situations that most people encounter at some point. So what can you do? What we often recommend is for young families not to put all their savings into inflexible retirement and education type accounts solely, but rather also utilize and build up an invested taxable account. Now, you may be asking what that means exactly. The easiest way to do this is if you start off by thinking about your bank account first. It doesn't really grow at all, but you can get to the money whenever you want. Now, think of your retirement accounts. They likely grow more because they are invested, or I hope they're invested, but you can't really touch the funds if you need them 
because of the penalties involved. A taxable account sits in the middle of these two. So if you picture the bank account all the way on the left and the 401k all the way on the right, the taxable account is sitting in the middle of these two buckets that you're picturing in your head right now. It has the ability uh, to be accessible like a bank account, but also the ability to use investments like a retirement type of account. So at the end of the day, it's a flexible, accessible account with potential to grow over time. Now, this next part is extremely important. From my description right there, it might have sounded like, oh, this is great. If I have some extra money that's not in my retirement account, not in my education account, it's in excess above what I need in the bank, then I'll just throw it into one of these accounts. That's not how you should be approaching it. You need to take another step first. This account still needs to be attached to a goal and have an expected time horizon of at least, say, five years. If you're ever using investments, and this is going to be covered more in future episodes, you need to expect to not touch it for at least, say, five years, as there always can be short-term ups and downs. So, for example, as in a scenario, let's say that you have money, that you have extra in your bank account right now, and in a year or so, you're planning on putting in a pool. If in your mind you're going, oh, I can invest that until then, no, aren't, you know, wrong answer, you should hear all those warning bells going off in your head. Another scenario, I'm getting married in two years. Let me invest the money. Why have it sit in the bank account? Aren't wrong again. Two years, one year, these time periods are too short. And depending on how you're investing it, there's almost certainly too much risk of having a down when you may need the money. We need to really pay attention to those time horizons to allow us the opportunity to recover from any temporary downs and not be you know, left with, uh, or a good chance of being left with, less than we may have started with. Your mentality really should be more of, I don't plan on touching it anytime soon. However, I know if I need to, college expenses, home renovation, future child's wedding, lose my job, want to retire early even, I have something significant I can go to which is flexible for wherever life takes me. As young families, we have 20 to 30 years of life to go before retirement. You should expect plenty of changes between now and then. And as a result, our finances need to be flexible to support this. So in recap or summary of some of the main points, flexibility is important. Hopefully after this conversation we've had today, you realize I should have some degree of flexibility in my situation and expect to need to use it at some point in time over the next 20 to 30 years. The second part is recognize that the accounts that most people use are your bank accounts, your 401k, and your 529 plans, at least from what we see when people walk in our door. When a young family walks in our door, those are the three types of accounts they are most likely to have. And each one of those has a different advantage and a different drawback. So Bank accounts, they're great for accessing whenever you want. However, they're not going to really grow that much over the long term. The second type of account, a 401k, great for saving retirement, but they are built by the government to incentivize you to save towards retirement. They are not built for having flexibility over the next 20 to 30 years before you hit age 59 and a half. Third type of account, 529 plan, they are built for education. So they also have that same 10% penalty, just like the 401k does. 
because they want you to use that money for college. If the kid winds up not going to college or they wind up getting a full ride, there are some rules where you can transfer it to another kid. But overall, it's not built to be flexible to be used for other purposes other than education. Thanks very much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. There are literally millions of young American families out there I'm trying to reach and help just like you. Our next title coming up is Survivors Don't Complain About Too Much Life Insurance, where we're going to cover how a lot of the families that are young tend to be underinsured from what we've seen, why this is, and how you can protect yourself against it. Thanks again for tuning in today, and I'll talk to you soon. The conversations on this show are Joe's opinions and provided for general information purposes only. They do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice for your specific situation. You should always seek appropriate advice from a financial advisor, accountant, lawyer, or other professional before acting upon any content or information found here first. Joe is affiliated with New Horizons Wealth Management, LLC, a branch office of TFS Securities, Inc., and TFS Advisory Services, an SEC-registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC.